Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm glad to have all of you here today. Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not dead to what's going on in the world, and I know that uh, there's uh, that cold variant is going around, or whatever it is, the virus, the flu, whatever it is, so I know some people who are out today who are sick. Uh, look at me real good now. Don't be scared. Look at me. I said, don't be scared. Do you know good news don't bring on viewers? You do know that, right? Nobody watches good news. But everybody watches bad news. Not me. I I like good news. (laughs) I like good news. So don't get scared. Don't give in. For God's sake, don't shut yourself up and isolate yourself. You know that's worse on your immune system. Did you know that? When you just shut yourself up and you lock yourself up, you're going to get every little thing. Don't do that. Walk in freedom, victory, and don't be scared. Amen. God has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So thanks for being here today. It's the new year. I know school starts back sometime this week, I believe. So uh, uh, I know you're excited about that. Parents, get your kids back in school. And uh, so, uh, looking for a great day today in the house of the Lord. Uh, Today I want to preach a message entitled, He Takes Away the First to Establish the Second. He Takes Away the First to Establish the Second. The week of Passover leading up to the crucifixion of Christ... You know what Passover is? Passover, it was, it was something where the Jewish people still celebrate Passover. It commemorizes, com, how do you say that? Yeah, that. Uh, what happened in Egypt to the children of Israel when God brought them out of Egyptian bondage. One of the last plagues that God put on the people of Egypt was was the death angel coming by the house and taking the firstborn male son, I believe it was firstborn male son of, of every household. But he told the Jewish people, he said, listen, I will pass over you if you'll take a lamb. He gave them instructions. He said, take a lamb. This is old covenant now. You've got to realize how much that this Bible is, is, is divided. That it's divided in You think New Testament, Old Testament, but I'll take it a little further. It's Old Covenant and New Covenant. Everything before Jesus died and rose again is Old Covenant. Old Covenant. After he was crucified, it opened us up into this New Covenant that we live in now. The Covenant of Grace. The Covenant of Salvation. The the covenant of eradication of sins when we place our faith in Jesus. But in the old covenant, there was a sacrificial system. God instituted a sacrificial system and all of it pointed to Christ. One of the sacrifices that were to be made was a sacrifice of a lamb. I love it. I love it that the crucifixion of Jesus took place during this week of Passover. In fact, Christ was crucified on the cross on the day that the lamb would be offered up in the temple. You think that's coincidence? I don't. I think not. I don't think so. I read in the Bible where John is baptizing people. I preached this a couple weeks ago, by the way. He's baptizing people, and Jesus comes up on the baptism. 
that the John the Baptist is doing, performing. And when he sees Jesus walking to him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I don't think it was coincidence that, are y'all listening? I don't think it's coincidence that Jesus was crucified on the day that commemorizes, commemorates. I said it fine in the first service. Commemorates, that reminds the people that God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you today, 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 that when God sees the blood, not the blood of some lamb caught out in the backyard, but the blood of the perfect lamb, the lamb of the son of God, when he sees the blood, judgment passes over us. Hey, one day and one day it will be. One day and what a day it will be when I stand before God that God will see not me. God won't see my works. Oh, I got some bad ones. I got some good ones. But thank God he's not going to see any of my works. My goodness and my works is as filthy rags. But hallelujah, thanks be to God that God says when he looks at me because I place my faith in what Jesus Christ has done, when God looks at me, he sees the blood and he'll pass over me. Give God praise for that. I said give God praise. That when he sees me, he doesn't see me. Hallelujah. Woo! I think I'll preach now. When he sees me, he doesn't see me. He doesn't see the times I fell short. See, I don't know about you, but after I got saved, I've still committed some sin in my life. Huh? Anybody? Thank God he doesn't see my sin. Thank God my sin, past, present, and future, has been covered under the blood of Jesus. Thank God that when he sees me, he passes over me. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. On that day that commemorated the day of Passover, that Egyptian night, On that day, that week leading up to the crucifixion, which happened to be the week of Passover, we're told that 256,500 lambs. What'd you say? That's a lot of lambs. It's a lot of sin. That's a whole lot of sin. Mm, hallelujah. 256,500 lambs would be slaughtered. The neck cut. The blood poured out. The priests would all be standing there with cups. As the lamb was taken, the blood was poured out. They'd catch the blood in the cups. They'd offer it up to God priest would and if everything was done just right then God would accept the sacrifice you say why is that in the Bible pastor I don't like that kind of stuff in the Bible so I don't read that stuff I, I don't because that don't mean nothing to me oh yes it does oh yes it does 
Every, every jot and tittle, every line means something. See, because I see Jesus all in this. I see the misery of men. I see the laborious condition that men were in, that they had to go up to this temple. They had to offer up a lamb. Everything had to be done just right. And listen, and then not to take away sin, but to cover sin. Just cover. On the day of atonement, it would cover sin. But then all over again the next year, Jamie, they'd have to go back out, find the lamb, offer it up. And it was just to cover up. Men today are still just trying to cover up sin. They're just trying to cover it up. They cover it up with church attendance. Huh? They cover it up with good works, good deeds. They cover it up with religion. You ask them if they're saved, they tell you, I went to the... If, if you ask somebody if they're saved and they tell you what church they go to, they are not saved. If the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, yeah, I'm, I'm a Baptist. I didn't ask what, what denomination you were a part of. I'm a, I'm a church of God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a charismatic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a born-again, blood-washed child of the living God. Until that is our testimony. You may know church. You may be raised up in church, but you have not been raised up in Christ. Is this okay? I don't care. I don't care. Do I? On that day, 256,500 lambs were slaughtered. Now, I thought, where does the blood go? Separating the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives, Jamie, is a valley. A dry creek bed, really. And when the blood, and there was a lot of it, once the lamb was sacrificed, that blood would run from the temple down to a valley we call the Kindron Valley. In fact, John chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus said these things and he went out and his disciples crossed this valley. As he was going just a day or two later to be crucified. This is the same valley I'm speaking of. And the blood from these 256 some thousand lambs would begin to flow to this dry creek bed. I want to stop right there. Thank God that the blood of Jesus, that part, the blood of Jesus is still flowing to dry creek beds. What you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about you. Before the blood was applied to your life, you were dead. You were dry. You were stale. You were a clump of dirt. Yeah, you had life in you, but just temporary life. You were dry and you were dead. But thank God that the blood of Jesus that flowed from Calvary's cross flowed to my valley way down low where I was at. I can remember the song. It still it says, and it reaches to the highest mountain. What does? The blood. And it flows to the lowest valley. What does? The blood of Jesus I, don't, I wasn't like you I wasn't on top of the world when I got saved I realized I was a wretched lost depraved man that I needed Jesus I don't know where you're at today but can I tell you whatever you're standing on if it's not a foundation God made it'll be snatched out from under you 
every moment, every second, it's crumbling. This blood flowed from the temple down to this dry creek bed. As I was studying this, I followed out on the map that the Kidron Valley creek bed winds down. And you know where it empties into? The Dead Sea. Leviticus tells us that life is in the blood. You say you believe that. You don't you just that's just that's just that's just that just happens to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you wake up thinking it's raining too, don't you? Bet you wake up with a bad attitude all the time too, don't you? No, I don't think it's in there just for some, I think it's there for a purpose. I think the purpose is one day, probably not me, probably, I'm not probably the first one that's seen it, but I'm sure somebody's seen it, and it's so that it can be preached. What can, what, how, pre, how preach it, pastor? How do you preach it? I preach it like this, that the blood of Jesus is flowing into dead places and dry places to bring life to dead and dry churches, to dead and dry people lost in dead in their trespasses and sin. Anybody had the blood flow to you while you were dead in your sin. What I have. This blood flows to dead, dry, lame. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's who you are. Okay, that ain't fair. <laughs> Tell your other neighbors, say, that's who you were. That's who you were. Tell them right now while you're talking to them, tell them, you was dead. Ooh, you was dead. You was dry. Lame. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you, so, you was so lame. You say, where you get that from? Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the man who was lame from birth. It said it was lame from birth. That's a, another picture of the grace of God. You were born dead, born dry, born lame, but thank God for the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Well, these lambs will be crucified. But something happened that week leading up to Passover. God's plan was fulfilled. What was it? That God would give his son the perfect spotless lamb, the lamb John the Baptist said, y'all look at there goes one, the one I was talking about, whose shoes, whose shoe, who, whose shoes, I'm not, I'm not, what did he say? Huh? Yeah, I'm not worthy to baptize this man, this man Jesus right here. He, he, he'll come and baptize me, but he don't baptize in water. He baptizes in fire. This lamb of God, he gave his life, surrendered his life on the cross, becoming the ultimate sacrifice for sin. And that's where I want to pick up. That was my introduction. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. He then says, now this is new covenant writing. He then says, see, I've come to do your will, Jesus. He takes away the first to establish the second. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? What is the first right here? It's the sacrifices. It's the law. It's the old covenant. But the Bible says when Jesus came, he came to take away that 
which was old. You don't believe me? You need to read Hebrews. That's all it's about. It talks about the supremacy of Christ. That Christ is better than the Old Covenant. That Christ is better than the Ten Commandments. That Christ is better than law-keeping. That you can't even do it. You can't see some of y'all, when I said the Ten Commandments, you got all tore up about that. Uh-uh. I like, no, uh, I got the Ten Commandments on my wall. So what? When I got saved, he wrote them on my heart. I don't live by the letter of the law. I live by love. And I'm led by the Spirit of God better than any wall, anything on your wall can do. In fact, the Bible says, somebody say the Bible. The Bible. Says that law, the law is powerless. Did you know that? Why? Because it can't bring about righteousness. No man, Galatians chapter 3 or 4, is justified by the law. The law cannot make you holy. The old covenant could not make you holy. Year after year, day after day, they would offer up sacrifices to cover up their sin. Oh, they had the law, but the law was powerless in making you righteous. How many here I got, they keep all the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. Anybody? You keep them all? Thank God somebody didn't raise their hand. I don't know what I'd have done. I set myself up, but I'd have to embarrass you. No! None of us do. And righteousness cannot, that's why Jesus had to take away the first. Listen, when Jesus died on the cross, you know what? No more need for a priest. The priest had to retire. There wasn't nobody else needing to bring them another lamb. There wasn't nobody else trying to go into the Holy of Holies because now we could go into the Holy of Holies. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the perfect lamb, the Bible says the veil in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, giving us all access to God for those who place their faith in Christ. So the writer here is telling us he took away the first to establish the second. No more blood sacrifices. No more going up to the temple. Oh, do we got to go again? Yeah, we got to go. I hate doing that. I named this lamb. I fattened him up. I've drawn close to him. One day, about 2,000 years ago, Christ, on the week of Passover, became the ultimate lamb. Unlocked the cages. Let the lambs run free. What was prophesied and spoke to us, to Abraham, what happened on that mountain when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac. You remember that? And he brought up the knife to sacrifice his son. But over there in the bushes was a ram. Was a ram. Was a sacrifice. And I'm telling you today that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. It ain't good... You say, how do I apply this to my life, Pastor? How do I apply this to my life? I want to give somebody a break. Your good works aren't going to save you. But there has been a lamb. There has been a lamb. There has been a lamb who gave his life on the cross. Self-effort won't work. It's New Year's. It's the New Year. And some of you have made resolutions. I'm going to be a, 
I'm going to be a better person this year. Let me tell you something. You won't be a better person. You can't be a better person unless, the, unless your focus is on Christ. You will not. Some, some of you are not saved. You don't have a relationship with Christ. You say, I'm going to be a better husband. Bull hogwash. <laughs> Bull dung. <laughs> no, you won't. Not in your own power. Some of you think I'm putting up the bottle this year. I'm, I'm going to quit drinking. I ain't going to drink no more. I ain't going to drink no more. I ain't going to get drunk no more. No, you won't. No, you won't. You might as well quit making that. If you could have stopped, you'd have stopped a long time ago. You can't stop in your own power. You can't stop in your own strength. Some of you said, I'm not going to look at pornography anymore. I'm not going to look at it anymore. My, uh, hey, take my phone. Put, some, put, some thing, put something on my phone where I can't look at it. Put, lock down all our computers. I, I'm not going to look at it no more. You'll bust a gut trying to look at it. Because, listen, in your self-effort and in your own power, you cannot be a better person. You cannot break the chains of bondage that's on your life. But if you look up... Up. I said if you look up I said if you look up sin will break off of you the bondage of sin the chains of sin will fall down when you look up he takes away the first let me continue reading he takes away the first to establish the second by this will we have been sanctified through the offering, listen, of one body. 256,500 lambs, one body. He takes away the first to establish the second. By his will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once. And for all time, every priest stands day after day ministering and offering the same sacrifices time after, do you hear this? Day after day, time after time, which can never take away sin. But he takes away the first to establish the second. Some of you think, boy, that Daniel in the lion's den, now that's a story. Now, boy, I'd like to see God do that today. Some of you think about David and Goliath. Whoa! David, that little old adolescent boy with a slingshot Slays a giant. Wow. That's something. I wish God done miracles like that today. Does your ignorance concern you? My wife says she didn't think I'd. She said, I bet you, oh, we ain't supposed to bed, are we? In a figurative term, I challenge you. I bet you won't use that when you preach. I did it. <laughs> David and Goliath, wow, where was I at? The Israelites going around the walls of Jericho shouting. And praising God. And on the seventh day, on the seventh time, they lifted up a shout and the walls came down. Wow! I wish God done stuff like that. Jesus healing that man at the pool of Bethesda who'd been suffering for 38 years. And he touches him. And he's healed. Man. What a miracle. I'd like to see that. Let me tell you of a miracle that's greater than that. Let me tell you a miracle that, that makes all those things I said look like child's play. 
looked like Play-Doh in the hands of, in the hands of four-year-olds. Nothing. You want to know what it is? You, know, you want to know what it is? It's when a sinner, a lost person who is on their way to hell cries out to God and says, God, I've tried to do it myself. I'm about to preach now. You get happy with me if you want to. I'll get happy all by myself. God, I've been trying to do it all by myself. God, I've been trying to do it this life by myself, but I have come to the conclusion that I cannot do it. And I heard somebody say, or I read in the Bible somewhere that you died for my sin, and Lord, I place my faith in you, and then God saves you. That is the greatest miracle miracle on the face of the earth. He takes away the first. God gave Moses the commandments. He gave them to him up there on that mountain. He gives them the commandments. He says, this is for my people because you're crazy. Tell them to do these things. Amazing. But there's something better. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says, a, this covenant, the covenant of grace, the covenant of calling out on Jesus and he'll save anybody who calls upon his name. Anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Whosoever believes on me shall not perish but have everlasting life. I'm telling you this covenant, the Bible says it's a better covenant. With better promises. He takes away the old. He takes away the first to establish the new. I gave you the Ten Commandments today and I said Sandy if I got a good deal for you you're I don't want you to go to hell so we're, since I don't want you to go to hell you don't want to go to hell here's ten things some of them are thou shalt not and some of them are thou shalt better And if you do them, you'll go to heaven. All you got to do is keep ten of them. There's just ten. And all of us, at some point in time, have jumped on that. Maybe it wasn't the Ten Commandments. Maybe it was just, I'm going to be a better person. I'm tired of hollering at my wife. By the way, did you know that's a sin? Wife hollering at your husband. Do you know that's a sin? It's worse. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to come up with a verse. It's all sin. Hey, did you know hollering at your kids in anger? Yeah, but they're my kids. Yeah, did you know hollering at them's a sin? Did you know any outburst of anger is a sin? Yeah. Did you know, some of you think, I like to go to that church remnant because they got a lot of people that's ex-drug addicts and stuff. They got a lot of people from come from a lot of different places. I've never been there. And you like that. Because it makes you feel good. Because when you ain't doing good, you look at other people that you think's doing a little worse than you are. Uh-huh. See, this is what happens is if it's either by our righteousness or, or his righteousness. We'll start looking at people, look at them. Because listen, you ain't gonna look at you very long. So you'll start looking at the person next to you. And you'll say, well, I'm bad, but I ain't as bad as Maria or whoever. Here's some things to do. You've all, we've all done that. 
Some of you right now, you're not saved, and right now, this year, you said, I'm going to start out by going to church. I thank God you went to church, but church will not save you. Some of you this morning, you said, I'm going to start watching online. I'm going to start listening to a podcast. I'm going I'm to start doing That's what I'm going to do. I'm telling you, listening to all the preaching in the world won't save you. Watching all the preaching in the world won't save you. You're only saved when you call out on Jesus and you accept what he done for you, the sacrifice that he made for you. And accepting that and believing that, that is the only way one is saved. Some of you right now today, you're trying to earn it. You're trying to work for it. You want to be a better person, but I'm, I want to mess up your New Year's resolution. You won't be. You'll be worse off. This thing that you want changed in your life can't be changed by you or self-effort or self-power. Some of you right now have said in yourself, to yourself, sometime this week or last week, I feel like everything's been taken away from me. You're not saved. You say, I feel like everything has been taken away from me. Some of you came to church to find an answer. I got an answer. Some of you are a product. You, you, have, you have had a terrible divorce this year. You think, I feel like every, you've lost the custody of your children. I, think, I feel like everything was taken away from me. The world has taken everything from me. Everything in your life, it seems like it's just fell through your hands like grains of sand. And you're watching it fall. But I got a word to give you. He takes away the first. I was born into sin. But he takes away the first. And if he has to, he'll take everything away that you care about. I'm going to find somebody I can preach to. He'll take everything you think you love. He'll take away everything you think love you think loves you. He'll take it away. You say, why would a good God do that? Because a good God is not just a good God. He's a great God. And he's an all-knowing God. And he knows everything about you. And he knows what's best for you. And he'll take away the, he'll take away the first. Am I preaching? He'll take away the first. Some of you said, I've lost so much. Yeah, but he's getting ready to give you so much. He done something you wouldn't do for yourself. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for a God who will shut doors I don't want to shut. I thank God for a God that will open doors that I'm too scared to open. I thank God for a God that will take away the first to give me something I cannot see, but it's better for me. Hallelujah. I got, I got good news. Oh, I got good news. First miracle Jesus ever done. His mama and the wedding party said, Oh, Jesus, we got a problem. We've run out of wine for the wedding. And Jesus said, Well, why are you talking to me about it? His mama said, because I know you can do something about it. And he said, well, I ain't really ready to start doing that yet. He'd not performed a miracle yet. This would be the first miracle that he ever performed. They brought him out some jars. Jesus acquiesced because it was the Father's will, God's will. The Bible says Jesus come to do the will of the Father. And he got okayed. It was ready to go. He could do it. And he'd done it. And he looked at the wine. Let me tell you how bad Jesus is. Bad in a figurative ubonics way. Bad meaning tough and good. You got it? 
Let me tell you how strong and bad Jesus is. He looked at the water. And just like that, the water turned into wine. Well, the wedding had already been going on. It must have been some really shindig, a really big one. And they run out of wine. And everybody's getting nervous. And now these jars that were water are now wine. And somebody takes a cup of the water that's now wine and runs it up to the head waiter, the party organizer, the wedding planner, and takes it to him, and he drinks a sip of it. And he said, my, my, wow. Now this is a strange thing. And I'm telling you right now, what God's going to do in some of your lives, people are going to look at it and say, that's a strange thing. I don't, them? God's blessing them like that? He's working in their lives like that? He's blessing that church over there like that? He's using that bald-headed, fat preacher like that? He's using that ex-drug addict like that. Huh? It'll be a strange thing, you see. They took that, they took that, 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 that wine and the head waiter took it. He said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never tasted it. I've never experienced this before. They said, what do you mean? They said, well, usually they bring out the cheap stuff. Y'all about to have to hold me back. They usually bring out the cheap stuff first. And when men have well drunken, King James Version, when they have well drunken, then when they don't know any better, they bring out the cheap stuff some of you think that's all that's left in your life. That all the good days are, you've done experience and now it's cheap stuff. It's crumbs. It's leftovers. But I'm telling you, I'm prophesying as a prophet of God. I'm telling you today that if you'll place your faith in... He said, usually, they bring out the cheap stuff first and then, or the good stuff first and then the cheap stuff second, but... You've done a strange thing. You have saved the best. Uh, it's a strange thing. You've saved the best for life. I wish somebody stand up on their feet and give God. Hey, my best days are ahead of me, not behind me. He takes away the first. You get it? He takes away, Tim, he takes away the first to establish the second. I said he takes away the first to establish the second. How long, how long, how long was it before you got saved? How, long, how old were you when you got saved? 55. Hey, for 55 years, drinking the cheap stuff, smoking the cheap stuff, eating the cheap stuff. But thanks be to God, Tim, he took away the first. He took away the first. What's wrong with y'all? This don't, this don't excite y'all? This ain't good preaching? If you're going to yawn, go yawn at your house. 
But what I'm talking about is the words of eternal life. He comes to establish the first, or take away the first, to establish the second. Last year, wasn't it? Last year, Valentine's Day. He took away the first to establish the second. Today, you feel hopeless, you feel lost. You feel like everything's gone. God, all he was doing, all he's been doing is taking away the first to establish the second. What must I do to be saved? Jesus said, you must be born again. That's the second. What about the first? When you place your faith in Jesus, it's gone. The old you, the original you, Carmen, well, you know, you've been in new believers. Where does it go? Away. Gone, ain't it? Eradicated. Never to be back, come back again. Nobody can bring it. Hey, they may bring it back up, but you just look at them. You just look at them stupid and say, huh? What? Because you don't know anything about it. You don't The past is erased. The old you is gone. The first has been taken away. And he's established something in me. A new life. Built on a new foundation. My papa is 93 years old today. Not today. I mean today, but not just today. It's not his birthday. <laughs> He's 93 years old. They put him in hospice uh, last week. It's not sad. <clears throat> they called me to go down to the hospital. And I went down there. He was very he's, very, he's still coherent and all that. But what's wrong with him? All you could do is just patch it up. Just to try to prolong lives, but he's ready to go. He's ready to go. I walked in there. Musicians, you, you can come. Singers, you can come. I walked in there and I woke him up because he was asleep. And I said, hey, Papa. And he looked at me trying to figure out who I was. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what he said. <laughs> I will tell you what he said. You know, when you get 93 years old, the filter's gone. <laughs> Wherever that's located, it's gone. I remember about six years ago, I went into his house. It's longer than that. It may have been eight years ago. It was the last Christmas we'd have at his house. My nanny had already passed away. And... I walked in. It was Christmas Eve. That's a time of perpetual hope, of joy and laughter and good tidings and great joy. I walked in there. I said, hey, Papa. He said, my Lord. So that's a weird salutation. He said, I think I think now, I think you're the biggest person in this family. <laughs> and then he goes to really thinking about it. He looks up and says, Shane, Bill, 
Ja. I said, Merry Christmas to you, you big old jerk. Anyway, I went into his hospital room. That's all, every time I see him, I think about that. <laughs> he said something similar to that. Once he knew it, yeah. Anyway, I said, Papa, I said, how are you doing? He said, Caleb. I said, yep. I said, how are you doing? He said, uh, well, uh, <laughs> Finally came, you know how they, finally came and seen me, I guess, you know, put that on you. <laughs> anyway, I said, yeah, 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 how, how are you doing? And uh, he said, I'm, I'm doing good. I said, good. I looked at him. I said, you're, I said, you've been a good papa. He said, and you knew him, then you know this would be the next thing he'd say. He said, I'm a poor old papa. Speaking about broke and all this. He ain't. I'm a poor old papa. I said, no, you're a good old papa. He looked at me. And tears started rolling down his face. He said, I'm a blessed old papa. I'm a blessed old papa. I said, yeah, you are. I said, yeah, you are. He wasn't talking about blessed material-wise then. Mm -mm. He knew what was going on. He knew what was going on. He knew that the last enemy was fixing to let go of him. This old body, this old tabernacle of clay, this old body that's holding back us from a, a brand new wonderful place that ears have not heard and eyes have not seen, neither has entered into the heart of those who love him. He said, I'm a blessed old papa. I said, oh yeah, you are. And I want you, I want to look at you today. I want to I'm talking to you now. Can you say that? Can you say that today? Can you say that when you get there? To that point, I'm blessed. It didn't start off that way. But it took away the first. To establish the second. Though your sins be as scarlet. They shall be white as wool. Though they be red. Like crimson. Jack. Jack they will be white as snow. Can you today say. I'm blessed. Because if you haven't experienced this second thing, you're not blessed. You're cursed. There's a curse hanging on your head. You're walking around with a curse on your head. It's death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus said you're walking around dead. You're a zombie, dead in your trespasses and sin, full of guilt and shame. But Jesus has came to take away the first. He'll take it away in an instant. You don't have to be counseled. I don't have to take you into my office and talk to you anymore about this. Mm -mm. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to do anything else but believe in Jesus today. Let me tell you what Jesus done for you. Let me tell you real quick how he establishes the second. Jesus died on the cross in, instead of you. You deserved death. You deserved hell. But Jesus Christ went to a cross once and for all, taking on all of our sin. The Bible says that upon his body, he took, away all, took upon his body all of our sin, past, present, and future. God poured out the wrath, his wrath that's bottled up for me and you. He poured it out on Jesus. What a love. I said, what a love. What a love. 
Church, you got time for me. I don't want to rush this thing. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. That means you don't have to do anything. You don't have to clean yourself up. No more than a man takes a bath before he gets in the shower. You don't have to do that. You don't have to clean yourself up before you come to him. Your sin does not intimidate God. He simply wants, to, wants you to call on him. The Bible says no man is saved unless he calls on the name of Jesus. There is no other name whereby man can be saved. But at the name of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow, and it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest. When you're down and out, when you don't have nowhere else to look, it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from day. Today, it will never, never, never lose its power. If you ain't standing, would you stand? Look at me. No games. No games now. I'm not playing religion. I'm not asking you where you go to church. I'm not asking you how you were raised. Much deeper than that. I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked many people on, in this country, in other countries, in this church, in other churches, inside, outside. I want to ask you, and I'm not, I've got more conviction asking you today. More sincerity and passion asking you today than the first time I ask. And I'm asking you right now, if you do not know Jesus, if you don't know him, do, hey, listen, the Bible says no man can come to Jesus unless they're drawn by the Father. So when I ask you this, if you feel the moving and operation of the Spirit of God, that ain't me. It's God. And I prayed this week, God, may the conviction power of the Holy Spirit be so strong. So strong, so strong that men and women, students, boys and girls, whoever's under the sound of my voice, they can't put it off. So I want to ask you right now, if God is dealing with you right now, and you're not saved. You feel like everything's been taken away from you. You feel like you're nothing. All you're doing is losing. Lose. You want to be better. But it seems hopeless. But you've heard hope today. 
Today, you can lay every, your life down at the feet of Jesus, and he'll make you a brand new person. What you've been wanting to do on your own, but you can't do on your own, God can do just like that. If you're listening to me right now, if you're watching me right now, I'm asking you the same thing. If you don't know Jesus, every head bowed and eye closed, if you don't know Jesus today, I'm asking you, would you come to me, come to this altar, and let me pray for you? You ain't coming to me. You're coming to Jesus. But I love you enough that I want to pray with you. Today, step out. If you're not sure today, you can know. So I'm asking you right now, Swallow your pride, man. Swallow your pride, lady. How long will you do the same thing over and over again? Jesus has come to take away the first, to establish the second. What will people think about me, Pastor? I'm new here. They'll celebrate. They'll rejoice. They'll put their arm around you. They'll cry tears of joy over the decision you've made. It ain't good enough that Mama knows what I'm talking about or Daddy knows what I'm talking about. You got to know for yourself. Why would I have to step out, Pastor? Well, when I read the Word of God, I see that Jesus didn't do anything privately when it came to the cross. He stepped out like a lamb led to the slaughter. And I'm asking you, no, I'm begging you. If you don't know Jesus... There's a story in the Bible you're familiar with that you know exactly what I'm about to say. It's about a man who's paralyzed and he can't come to Jesus, but he had four good friends. And the four good friends put him on the stretcher, loaded him up and took him. Come on, man. Come on. Amen. Four men come to this man who's paralyzed. Load him up and take him to the house where Jesus is. Get there and the house is full. And they take him up the steps onto the roof of the house. Cut a hole in the roof. Drop him down in the bottom of the house where Jesus is. And Jesus heals his body and saves his soul. And I'm asking you right now, would you be a friend? If you, would you be a friend to somebody? Would you look to the left or the right of, of you, to the one sitting beside you, and would you ask them right now, hey, if you need to come to Jesus, I'll go with you. Ask them right now. Take, if they say yes, if they say I don't know, take them by the hand right now. Ask them. Take them by the hand. And bring them down here. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. Come on. Come on, man. That's a real man. <laughs> Come on. Come on, sir. Yeah, he wants to get saved today. Anybody else? Mike, what's your name? Julia? Anybody else? Whoa, that's all right. That's the Spirit of God you feel, Mike. 
That's tears. That's rolling down your face. That's the Spirit of God. Oh. All right. Anybody else? All right. I want all of us to pray this prayer. Saying a prayer doesn't save you, but believing it does. Believing it does. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. If you're watching online, so it goes for you too. If you'll call upon the name of the Lord, and I felt an anointing of God to start doing this. If you'll call upon the name of the Lord, I'm telling you right now, if you'll call upon his name, just like these people, there is no difference in the anointing of God and the conviction of God. He'll convict you in your living room. He'll convict you on your job. He'll convict you in your car, wherever you're listening or watching this. All you've got to do is call out, Jesus, I need you. And he'll save you. I want you to repeat this prayer, watching online, watching at home, wherever you're at, listening, standing right here, everybody in this sanctuary, we're going to pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Say, Lord. Say it loud. Lord, here I am. It's Mike. I need you, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I place my faith, my trust, in you I turn away from sin and I'm going to spend the rest of my life trusting and believing you knowing that I am saved thank you Jesus I receive your grace I receive your mercy I receive your love and today shout it out and today I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give God a shout? We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.